Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 384, and yes, it's a bash. Attention gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit. Hi there, it's Sue, and I am so happy that you've joined us here for bash number eight. I can't believe we're at this point already, and I'm excited for you to hear from our fabulous handmade makers who are gonna share some business opportunities with you a little bit later in the show. But first, one of the most fulfilling things I've discovered through starting Gift Biz Unwrapped is the warmth, camaraderie, and generosity of the community that we formed. You're so giving and so talented. And of course, I always want to give back to you too, to do something that can make your efforts easier and your results greater. So I asked you how, And you surprised me. It wasn't help with an email marketing strategy. It wasn't about selling at shows or any other number of topics that make up a solid growing business. Nope. What you're overwhelmingly asking for is help with social media posting. You've been telling me that you're putting in the time, you're posting frequently, And you're discouraged because you aren't seeing any of this move the needle for your sales. Message received. Putting in more and more time posting in the same way isn't going to magically bring you in the sales. You need to change the way you're posting and what you're posting. You don't need to put in more work. You need to put in the right work. And that's when you'll see things change. And I've created your guide to do just that. It's called Content for Makers, and it's specially designed for handmade product makers like you. Content for Makers will help you understand why your current social media activities aren't converting into sales. It will also show you how to put in less time and start seeing activity through social that will lead to increased sales. Just imagine knowing exactly what to post and getting it done in just minutes each day. That frees up space for you to interact with potential clients, deepen relationships with those you already know, and all of this continues to build upon itself naturally. Yes, this really is possible. Content for Makers will accomplish this for you. To see all the details, jump over to giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash content for makers. But honestly, at only $27, it's a no-brainer. Plus, you only have to pay for it once for use year after year. Why carry on posting as you've been doing all along, expecting different results? Sign up for Content for Makers now and see the transformation of your posting experience change right before your very eyes. Giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash content for makers. It's ready and waiting for your immediate access right now. At the start of each bash, before we get into the makers showcases, I do a short learning session. 
And I can't overemphasize the importance of our topic today, hiring help. Most people wait way too long to do this, and their business suffers as a result, both with a ceiling on your sales potential and the energy you have as the maker and the business owner. It can be so draining when you're doing everything yourself, or trying to anyway. It's particularly timely with the holiday season coming upon us. And I know a lot of people don't hire support because they aren't sure how to go about it. My friends, that is what this episode is all about. So just as we shouldn't be putting off holiday planning overall, I'm not going to put off getting right into the details. Here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to our eighth Gift Biz Bash. I am really excited to introduce you very shortly to some amazing handmade product business owners. But before we do that, as we do with every bash, we do a little bit of training up at the top of the show. And what I want to talk with you guys about today is when, what, and how to hire out for help. And I'm specifically talking about this topic right now because it's August, the end of the summer. If you haven't started thinking about holidays and Christmas and that big workload that's on the horizon, we should start thinking. And this could be a great opportunity for you to bring in some extra help, no matter what size business you have. So we're going to talk about that, bringing in help, some best practices, and then also some steps for hiring. I will tell you when it gets to the idea of bringing in help, employees, whatever word you want to say that makes you feel more comfortable talking about it, everybody does this too late. I think without exception, I've heard people saying, gosh, I wish I would have done this earlier. And I did the same thing. (laughs) So I'm just as guilty. It took me a long, long time, especially with one of my first businesses that was my own business. I was working out of the house, so it felt really funny having somebody possibly that I didn't even know coming into the house and helping work. Like I had all the excuses in the world. When I finally decided I was going to do it because I really had no choice, it was such a relief. But I get it. Like we think we're super women. We want to save money. We can do everything ourselves. Even if we have to learn it, we probably are thinking we should learn it because we're the owner of the business and we have to know everything. Like there's all these reasons that will tell ourselves of why we shouldn't hire out help. What happens then is you start to burn out, you get completely overwhelmed as your business starts to grow, and then what happens? Your energy starts to lag because you're doing everything, and your enthusiasm and excitement for the business starts to wind off too, or like get reduced because you're just so exhausted. And that's no good if you're out at craft shows and you have to be enthusiastic and show energy and excitement and love for your product. And for us as handmade product creators, there's an extra spin to this too, in that the more you sell, the more work you've just created for yourself if you're doing everything because you're producing it and you're shipping it and all the things. So more sales, which you think is good for handmade creators, also means more work and it just keeps going like this and you don't get a break. And there is a ceiling for you. Like at some point you will explode. (laughs) So you have to hire help. So let's talk a little bit about the four best practices, I'll call them, for hiring help. 
And this very first one I learned early on in my corporate world, and that is hire for the job that's required. Not skills that your best friend has who says they're willing to come in and help you, right? Or not someone who seems like they'd be really fun to have around and is interested in working with you because that gets you in trouble. You bring someone in who doesn't actually have the ability to accomplish a job that you need. So you need to hire for what the skills are that you need for the job that's required. And I'm going to talk about that again in a minute. Number two is once you have somebody in, train them on the job that has to be done. So whether you have a written step-by-step, whether you side-by-side show them a couple times, make sure that they've got it, et cetera. Once they've been trained and you know that they can produce the result that you're looking for with the quality that you need, the sizing's right, like everything that's required is right, let them free to do it their own way. If the end result of what they do is the same as what your steps are, let them do it their way. And I learned this with my first company, Basket Time. It was a gift basket business. And Lori, who's still with me today, I'm going to talk about her again in a minute, likes to do one gift basket from start to finish, and then the next gift basket from start to finish, and then the third gift basket from start to finish. And I'm like, oh my gosh, if we don't do a production line, we're going to be wasting a ton of time. It's much better like Lori, lay out all the baskets, then lay out all this. I was trying to force her into my way of doing things. Guess what? Her way was just as good, just as fast. She liked it better. It worked better for her. And that's where I learned, let them do it their way. As long as the end result is the same as if you would have done it. And of course, if it doesn't affect something else within the whole system, it doesn't blow up everything else that you're doing. Okay, so it's the end result. It's not how you get there once you've trained them. Best practice number three, seek advice and input on the work that they're doing. I have found that some people who've worked with me have the best ideas. They come from a different perspective. They have experience that I might not have had maybe in a different production line or other jobs that they've had. We don't need to know it all. Listen to them and let them give advice. Plus, as they do this more and more, they're closer to it too. They're closer to the shipping or the making or social media, whatever it is. So listen to what they have to say. You're still the final decision maker. When you're the owner of the business, you still decide what happens, but take their input because it can be really, really valuable. And point four is when you hire in someone, you've done the things that I've just talked about, truly delegate the job. And here I'm going to say there's the helicopter parents, no helicopter bosses, (laughs) let them fly because that gives them pride and a feeling of achievement and ownership over their position. And that's really, really helpful as you start looking at employee retention. So these four best practices again hire for the job that's required, train them on the job, and then let them at the after that focus on the result and do it their way. Seek advice from people who are closest to that position and hear what they have to say because they might have some really great ideas for improvement. And then truly delegate once they've proven that they know what they're doing in their position. No helicopter bossing. <laughs> okay. 
All right. So how do you do all this though? Like that sounds all great. I get these concepts, but what do I do to actually get there where I actually have somebody here? So I'm going to go through three steps of hiring, and this is going to be helpful for if you're just starting and there might be a few tips if you already have employees, but you're going to bring on more or your next hire. So the very first thing that you want to do is define what the role or the job is that you're hiring for. Okay, if it's bookkeeping, that looks a lot different than if you're having someone come in and doing a portion of the production process, or if they're coming in and shipping. What you shouldn't do is just say, oh, I need someone to come in and help me. Well, what? (laughs) Like, What are you going to do? Because that doesn't help you get the right person. And it doesn't start to establish any structure for your help, too. One way to do this is observe your work days. What are all the jobs that you do in your day and which ones do you really not like doing? Which ones could be the easiest to spin off? Look at all of that type of thing. What are the easiest things that you could teach somebody else to do? The way you can identify that is just walking through and observing your day. Then once you see all the different things that you do in a day, divide them into different skill sets. Somebody who might do your newsletter could also potentially do social media. But I don't know that they should be doing your bookkeeping, right? So like you start divvying up some things that could go under some different skill sets, right? And then figure out from there, which one is it that's the best one for you to do first? It feels easier and safer to you. It's the one that you really hate. You spend so much time on and you know someone else could be doing it so much better than you. Just pick one for now and then kind of get a feel for how many hours you think that should take in a week. Okay, because that helps you decide, is this going to be a full-time person? Is it going to be a part-time person? What's the structure going to look like? Which leads into, it doesn't have to be an hour-by-hour job either. So my content manager has specific tasks that she does, and I pay her X amount a month for these tasks that get done each month. I don't care if it takes her 10 minutes or 10 hours. As long as those tasks are done, I don't even care where she does it or when she does it because they're not time sensitive. Same thing with the person that I have who edits this podcast. She's in the Philippines, so it's really helpful that we don't have to be working at the same time because obviously we're half day differences, right? But she knows specifically what she's responsible for with the podcast. She gets it done when she can, when she wants, and that's perfect for us. I also honestly do that with people who come in and fill orders and such too. I don't care if someone comes in early in the morning because their kids are in school and they just want to get it done, or they want to do it after they go and do the school lunch and then come in and fill orders. As long as the orders get out within the time that we've told our clients, sometimes they have to drive it to the post office if the postman's already been here, but they understand that already. As long as those get out each and every day, I don't care when they come in. And we've had no issues with this at all. So think that through, you know, do you have to have someone there the same hours you do? Do they have to be there the same hours or days of the week? We do have some type of a structure, but they all know it's flexible. You know, if they need to change it, it's not like you have to call or ask for a permission slip or something like that. You know, we're all adults. We get our jobs done and we're responsible for our jobs. That's what I mean by defining the role of the job. What is it specifically you're looking for them to do? What are the skill sets that are needed? 
how much time and do you want this to be a very fixed time or can it be a flex situation where it has to be done by a certain time? Okay, so those are all things that you think about. Second thing, in terms of actually finding who your candidates could be to interview, I've done this a few ways. One, in my personal community, I've had people ask if they could work for me. And if they fit what I just talked about before, the structure and the position, Lori's one of them. I pushed Lori off from working for me for so long. We met on the basketball bleachers of our girls' basketball games. And she kept saying, Sue, I want to come work for you. It sounds so fun. I want to come work. And I'm like, no, we are already friends and you cannot work for me. (laughs) Well, now she's been working for me for like eight years. I don't know, something like that. Obviously, I caved. She's awesome. I don't know what I would do without her. So when people say don't ever hire friends, I'm not sure that that's so. Now, the one thing we did agree is that if ever anything we were doing with work threatened our friendship, she obviously has to go because I can't, (laughs) you know, so we would both always be very cognizant of that if that ever happened. We've had some challenging moments, but not that would sacrifice a friendship. Okay, so that's one place, just like within your personal community, if you're in any networking groups, if you're in local Facebook groups, this has been a really interesting and great place for me to find employees. So there are some moms groups right in my community, and my kids are far out of school, so I'm not running into them in the school system anymore. Plus, I want someone who's a different age than me, you know, just to add another perspective to the business. And so I went into some of the Highland Park Moms Facebook groups and told them that I had a position, you know, what it was about. Obviously, I'd written down a full description of what I had talked about just a minute ago. And that's where I got Nancy, who's working with us now. I also in in the past have gotten people from a more formal environment like Indeed, which is a great place to go and hire people. So lots of different options. Get creative. Another good place to go if you need a job for a limited amount of time is your high school. Seek out those juniors who want internships for them to put on their resumes going to college. They want to do a good job. They're motivated for that. And you then in turn are helping them, you know, show responsibility. If you have a job that matches what they're going to school for, even better. Don't discount that. It's a great resource. And then the other thing I do, once you've identified somebody, the first thing you do is make sure that the person you are offering the job to accepts before you tell the people that you're not offering the job to that they didn't get it. Because what if your first person doesn't accept, (laughs) right? So don't do that. Make sure your first person is in first. Then always, always do some type of a 30, 60, 90 day trial. This is really helpful because let's say they are just totally not working out for you, then you have an easy release date. But the way you can say this really nicely is, let's see if we're fit. Let's see if you like the work that I have available to do, like if we're coming together and if things are working well. Let's review this at the 30 feels a little soon to me, but maybe 60 day mark and decide if we should continue. So it's not guaranteed by any means that they're going to continue. Another thing, and this is a great opportunity right now with potential holiday help, is hire someone just for the holiday. That is the job for the holiday. For whatever the skill set is you need, whatever the jobs are that you need done. And then if you see that they did a great job and you want to bring them on further, you can ask them that after the fact. 
but it was never the expectation in the beginning. It was only a holiday job, if you will. So those are my steps for now for hiring. We're not going into any interviewing or any of that type of thing. So the points were define the job and role that you have because one job is different from another. Then I gave you tips on how to find the right person. And then that all important trial period versus bringing them on as a employee for life from day one. In summary, hire sooner versus later. Everybody, like I could line people up behind me who would say the same thing. So let's learn from other people and not fall into our own thing that we think we can be the superwomen. Because what that allows you to do is open up your potential for what's possible. If you don't, you're just going to get yourself stuck where you pretty much created your own ceiling on your potential. All right. That is what I have for the training portion. I'd like to open it up now. Does anyone have any questions, any experience with hiring that you would like to add on in terms of tips or thoughts or anything? And Amy, no surprise, you have something for me here. (laughs) One of the things that came to my mind when you were talking and one of the things that I found the most helpful in hiring in my previous business was making sure that I laid out expectations, not only for the person I was hiring, but also for me like making sure that I could let go of. And Mm -hmm. these are the things that this person was doing and reminding myself of that. I don't want to be a micromanager. I've been micromanaged. It's why I work for myself now and not for other people. And making sure that you're both on the same playing field with that. And one of the ways that I helped my new hires was to give them a document that introduced them to the company, introduced them to any other people that were working for me so that they came in and felt welcomed. They knew more information than coming in and being blindsided. (laughs) What Um, was in the document, Amy? It was everything from here's our social media. Here's what our target audience is like. Go check it out. Pay attention. Here's some of our competitors, all of those types of things. So that, for example, hiring somebody doing social media, you want them to be aware of what everybody else around you is doing so that you're fitting into the world it was in a different space in the crafters maker space, but it was important to have that additional knowledge, not just be tunnel visioned. Love it. Yeah. So they're seeing the full scope of the business and yeah. where their position fits into the whole. Exactly. Yeah. Orientation kind of. That's a yes. good point. Really good point. Anything else before we get on to the showcases? Any other questions or anything? Okay. Wonderful. All right, so this is my favorite part of these bashes. Let me explain to those of you who are listening, and this is maybe the first time you've landed on a bash format episode of the podcast. What we do here is I invite makers in to share with us what they have going on and lots of opportunities. They are going to talk to you a little bit about their business, what they have happening here, collaborations in some cases, so opportunities where you can join in. And so you'll hear what they have to say. They'll tell you where you can meet up with them to, for whatever reason that might be. But there's another reason I want you to listen to them how they represent their businesses, like the words they say, or how they talk about their business. Because let's face it, we all, I know, get a little bit nervous right before we have to talk about our business. Or some people who are new aren't necessarily sure how to represent your business. 
use these women as a role model for you of different ways that you can talk about your business. I think you can get a lot out of just listening to their presentation styles as well. And I don't want to freak all of you out who are here like, oh my gosh, now like, (laughs) what am I going to say? What am I going to do? This is a comfortable place for all of us. And when you're comfortable, you represent your best self anyway. So no matter what, even if it's a formal environment, Amy, I know you've done a lot of speaking. I've done speaking. All of us have listened to speakers. You don't want to have someone get up there and be so professional that they're not relatable. So it's not like that at all. We're just all being ourselves. Okay. So with that, Cassie, you know, you're going to start. So what you're doing one more time is you're going to say who you are, what your company is and what you sell. If it's not automatically apparent, what you have going on right now, it's the end of August. As people are listening, August 20th is actually when this is airing. And so let us know what's happening there. Or if you have a collaboration or something you're looking at doing where you're looking for other makers to partner with you in some manner. And then finally, one place where we can go to find out more about you. Okay. And Cassie, I'm going to let you go ahead and unmute yourself and go first. All right. Hi, everyone. I'm Cassie Menchofer, owner of Cassie's Country Cupboard here in rural Ohio. And I create pantry items such as soup mixes, baking mixes, and spice blends to help busy families get food on the table, healthy meals on the table without losing their sanity. So that can be anything from that soup starter that just gets your meal going. It's kind of like a hamburger helper, but way elevated beyond that and much healthier for you too. So no matter how busy you are, you can have dinner on the table in less than 30 minutes with my products. And because school is starting up, it doesn't matter if you work from home or if you work outside the home, dinner is always a witching hour. So I want to make sure that everybody has a chance to grab some of my products at a discount here as school gets started. So if you go to my website, which is the best place to find me at www.cassiescountrycupboard, and Cassie is spelled with C-A-S-S-I-E, cassiescountrycupboard.com. And to get that discount, it just put in BASH10 for a 10% discount there at checkout. Wonderful. And is that then for first-time buyers or up to a certain time? It is anybody or... all through September 30th. So okay. just that, that beginning school time. Okay, through September 30th. And I've got to say it, Cassie, the garlic beer bread is to die for. I at no time am allowed to have less than three mixes in my cabinet per my husband, (laughs) period. (laughs) So that's my favorite product of yours. Although there's a lot of other ones too. Anyway, enough of that. (laughs) I could talk about those products all day long. (laughs) Okay. All right, Bridget, why don't you go ahead and go next? Hi, I'm Bridget, and I make handmade heirloom custom dolls. My business is Sunny Stowaways, and so they are made for years of play and then even more years of keeping those memories. I would love to collaborate with another handmade business that whose audience is moms, grandmas, aunts who are looking for a -a one-of-a-kind gift for the holidays who would like to collaborate with me, you can see my dolls and see if my aesthetic matches and we could work together on a gift guide for the whole. Oh, okay. So kind of combine if your audiences are the same, then you could combine whatever their product is with your product to offer a joint gift. Yeah. I love that. Especially for the holidays. Those kind of matchups are yes, great. Or just share with each other's audience. If we think we have if oh, okay. Promote would be interested okay. in the others. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I love that. And tell us where people can find you again, Bridget. 
sunnystowaways.com. Perfect. Sunnystowaways.com. All right, Amy, you're up. Yes. Put me on the spot. Darn right. <laughs> Hello, fellow makers. I'm Amy Fairman, artist and owner at Weed Patch Studio. At Weed Patch Studio, I reimagine outdated, forgotten furniture pieces and give them a new life so they fit comfortably into the modern home. I don't know about you, but if you've looked out there to find affordable, quality furniture, it's become more challenging. Mass market, MDF and particle board kind of rules the roost at big box retailers and furniture stores these days. And so they don't make furniture like they used to really stands true. I don't know if you've ever gone to a thrift store. Quality furniture is there. And so what I've started doing is upcycling furniture, which allows me to provide affordable furniture to my customers while being kind to the environment by keeping these big bulky pieces out of the landfill. Whether they're old pieces that have been need some love or they're newer pieces that last 30 seconds before your kid falls on them and they break. (laughs) (laughs) What I'd like to invite my fellow listeners to do is to come and follow me on Instagram at weedpatch underscore studio. Right now, I'm trying a new marketing technique. I have opened a window display on Main Street in my town to try and drum up some more business in a different way. And I'm sharing my journey over on Instagram. And I'd love to invite you, if something you're interested in or not something you'd ever thought of, come and follow on the journey and see if it's something that fits what you're doing as well. Okay, Amy, we're going to continue this because I got to understand this a little bit more. Okay. So you have a storefront window on Main Street. Correct. It's one of the stores that's vacant currently. So you're using, so many of us have that in our downtowns, right? A lot of downtowns these days have vacancies. And I went and talked to the owner of the building. They're not doing anything with it for the next eight months. And I said, can I rent your window space? And so I now have a 25 foot by, I have 20 feet back so I can have storage behind it, but I use about six feet of it. And I have my furniture staged and fully displayed in it now. And it's a way to get my local people to know that I'm here because Facebook marketplace doesn't always show things to locals, even though they say they do. The algorithm just isn't friendly. And so this was me seeing a vacant spot and taking advantage of it. And I think that it could be something that you could do with other local makers and have many people go in and do it. I'm actually looking for local makers that can fit in along with my furniture as staging items. And so I'm So trying- where are you, Amy? You may have local people right here. Where are I you? am in Royersford, Pennsylvania. Perfect. So if you are interested and you are a maker in this area, three county area around me, then hit me up on Instagram and maybe we can make something happen. That is so cool, Amy. Like that is such a great idea over and above everything. We have so much goodness happening here. This is amazing. Thank you so much. Andrew, why don't you go now? I know it's Okay. Can everyone hear me? Can you hear me? Yep. We can hear you. Great. Great. So my name is Andrew Rubin and I am the owner of Ask Andrew's Sweet Kitchen. And what I do is provide gourmet sweets to those who would like to provide it as a gift, or you just want something tasty, you can order. I specialize in homemade caramel popcorn. I have another or two more top sellers, which is homemade butter cookies, as well as graham cracker praline. I am on Instagram. However, my website is www.andrewsweetkitchen.com. 
That's A-N-D-R-I-L-S-S-W-E-E-T-K-I-T-H-E-N.com. Along with the popcorn, although it's homemade caramel, I also provide at least 15 different flavors of popcorn. The website shows some other things or other items that I have. And yeah, check me out on there. I am located in Houston, Texas. I think that's probably probably okay. about, yeah. Okay, so if you are a business that's looking for local products and you're in the Houston area, then Andrew would be a perfect person for you to hit up and get some local products. So, and lots of flavors of popcorn that pops my ears going. Yay, popcorn. <laughs> One more thing. Yes. Since it is back to school, I do have back to school special where Rice Krispie treat. Rice Krispie Treat pretzel rod and covered Oreo that look like pencils, notebook paper, and a pencil sharpener. And all of it is edible. And it would be a great treat for a teacher, a first-time teacher, a back-to-school gift for a teacher. Just a gift to support your child's teachers. The thing that struck me, the idea was to send it to first year, so freshmen and college kids with a note that says, remember why you're there. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. I do have one that's going away as well. Okay, perfect. Perfect, perfect. All right. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Andrew. We appreciate it. Okay. Aishika, why don't you go ahead and go? Hi, guys. My name is Aishika. The name of my business is Extra Fascist Mercantile. It's a, I focus on making Afro-Bohemian jewelries and vegan skincare along with natural teas. That's inspired by my Jamaican roots. All jewelries are made from biodegradable materials. I only use upcycled fabric, wood, or natural stones. And then for my vegan skincare, I do believe that whatever you put on your skin is just as important as what you put inside your mouth. So if you wouldn't eat it, then you shouldn't be putting it on your skin. So all my vegan skincare products are made from simple edible ingredients that I have in my home. And I'm sure some of you might have inside your kitchen as well. All products are naturally fragranced and they're also naturally colored. So there's no added anything. in It is just all natural for clean skin, for sensitive skin as well. And then for my teas, I grew up in Jamaica. And so we didn't go to the store to buy teas. It was just natural leaves. The natural fruit leaves, natural fruit, the skin from the fruit, we would dry it. And then those would be used to make teas. And so I came here as a cultural educator and I wanted to pass on my culture in the products that I make and sell as well. Now I'm here today because usually I do pop-ups, but I have a few disasters in the last couple of months. Rained out and most shows are saying rain or shine. They're getting more expensive. When I first started last year, you could get a show for $25 with a table and two chairs. Now shows have increased to 50 with nothing. You bring everything for yourself. I've lost three tenths in what, in three months? I've got rained out. I've got lost a lot of products. And so I came up with the idea, you know what? There must be something else I can do. Instead of being here complaining, oh, these pop-ups are not working out. Let me see what I can do. I try getting a space, but it's a bit difficult to host one. So I said, okay, let's try something else. The high gas price, the heat out there and all that. I've decided to try something virtual, to try a virtual market. I started a new group last week called Extra Fashions and Friends. We currently have 10 members and I'm looking for like-minded handmade vendors who are looking for somewhere to sell their products virtually online. 
network with like-minded vendors to share best practices to market our products and simply make some sales. The name of the group on Facebook is called Extra Fashies and Friends. That's E-X-T-R-A-F-A-S-H-I-Z-Z and Friends. Now, you guys can also find me on my website at extrafashies.com, which is www.extrafashiz.com. Thank you. Okay, so are there any specific types of handmade creators you're looking for, or is it open to anybody? It's open to anybody because, you know, you might come, the first time you come, you don't have to come to sell. You can come and we can share best practices. I can learn from you. You can learn from me and, you know, the same thing. You can come and decide if it's a good fit for you. I'll, of course, we look at the products and see how good they are because at the same time, even though we want handmade vendors, we want quality handmade vendors. And some people might say, well, there are other people doing this. But the difference is with mine, we're not trying to get more than 15 people for each event and one vendor from each category. It's about collaboration, not competition. So we're not trying to have five jewelry vendors at the event and three vegan or something. One from each. So everybody will be able to at least benefit. And when you do come, I would you know, encourage you to invite at least 20 to 25 people. And you pay $20 and the market lasts for about four days and you get to do three posts per day. That sounds like something to check out, particularly for those of you who are doing your business specifically and exclusively online, or you're looking for something just to enhance what you're already doing. So definitely go check that out for sure. Okay, you guys, this has been great. Each of you has such a different line of handmade. It's been absolutely wonderful. Those of you who are listening, make sure to check out all of these women. If there's something that is resonating specifically with you, make sure you get in touch and do it right away. You know how it is you think like, oh my gosh, I want to talk to Amy or I want to see what Cassie has for back to school. And then you forget, right? So if you're thinking about this now, put it in your day timer or do it right now. If you're interested in being part of one of these bashes where you get to come and represent your business, just as we've done here, I've just put up two dates in September. The way you would go and sign up for one or both of them is through giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash bash. So thank you for my showcase, people. I really appreciate you coming on, sharing behind the scenes of your business, giving us some promotions, giving us some opportunities to work with you, all different types of things. For those of you who are listening, thank you for staying till the end of the show. And I look forward to having you join me once again on Gift Biz Unwrapped. Bye for now. Before you move on to your next activity today, Make sure to get your name on the list for at least one Gift Biz Bash. You can see the dates and times for upcoming sessions and get signed up over at giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash bash. And if you're enjoying the podcast and would like to show support, a rating and review would be wonderful. It helps spread the word about the show too, so it's a great way to pay it forward. There's also another way to get something tangible in exchange for your support. Visit my merch shop for a wide variety of inspirational items like mugs, journals, water bottles, and more, featuring logos, images, and quotes to inspire you throughout your day. Makes a great gift, too. And we've just added some new products for the season. 
which is my favorite design right now. It's a toss-up with that gorgeous lemonade image and a quote about refreshing and the beautiful butterfly design. What's yours? Turnaround is quick and the quality is top-notch. Nothing but the best for you. Take a look at all the options at giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash shop. All proceeds from these purchases helps me offset the costs of producing this podcast. And now, be safe and well, and I'll see you again next time on the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. I want to make sure you're familiar with my free Facebook group called Gift Biz Breeze. It's a place where we all gather and are a community to support each other got a really fun post in there that's my favorite of the week, I have to say, where I invite all of you to share what you're doing, to show pictures of your product, to show what you're working on for the week, to get reaction from other people, and just for fun, because we all get to see the wonderful products that everybody in the community is making. My favorite post every single week, without doubt. Wait, what? Aren't you part of the group already? If not, make sure to jump over to Facebook and search for the group Gift Biz Breeze. Don't delay. Come join us in Gift Biz Breeze today.